As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Ratter, and we're so glad to be with you. And tonight I'm here with Joel Renner, Paul Renner, and Denise Renner. And Philip Renner is not with us. No. But he's doing what he's supposed to. He is. God is using him in the United States. Welcome to Home Group, Sister Renner. Thank you, Rick. And Home Group, welcome. Are you enjoying listening about the Holy Spirit? I'm sure enjoying these home groups. Hey, home group, thank you for being partners. You're helping us do this. Absolutely. We don't have the money to pay for that. But with you, we do. We're all partners together. And I don't, I don't know if we're reaching 5 billion people, but I know we're reaching millions and millions more than we used to. And what are we reaching them with? The gospel. Amen. We are believing for revival of the Bible in people's lives. And this is just one of the outlets that we can do it through. And we just want to say thank you for believing with us, for being our partners. That means a lot, more, th- more than you probably know. You know, our partners are amazing because they're supporting things that they'll never see. So many partners supported the building of our Moscow church, the Riga church, so many different projects. And they'll never be in these buildings. But their gifts keep on giving. People have been saved and saved and saved in our churches. And I just want to say thank you for being our partner if you are, because you're making a true difference in people's lives. Thank you for being with us. And I want to tell you before we go any further that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you. Write to us, prayer at renner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. And while you go online, or while you call, be sure to order the copy of your free download, Symbols of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about this week in Home Group, Symbols of the Holy Spirit. This is really a powerful series. And when we talk about the symbols of the Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about images. We're actually learning about the Holy Spirit and how He works in our lives today. That's right. And it comes with a whole series, which comes in multiple formats. You can order the whole thing. And we're also offering you my book called The Dynamic, The Holy Spirit and You Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic duo. And you, and almost, you almost said the dynamic duo because that's what it used to be. It used to, we rewrote it and renamed it. Mm-hmm. I like the new one better. And the, seri- and the book called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Friends, look at this. This is not a real big book. But this it, would it, actually be a short read on Rick Renner, uh, Rick Renner style short read. It would be. For some people it would be. But I'm telling you, this is packed. This is just packed. It might be one of my favorite books that I've written. The back of it says, A Fresh Look at the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. In this book, Rick Renner helps you take a fresh look at the nine gifts of the Spirit and skillfully delves into the Word to tell you why they are absolutely essential for your life and the life of the church. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So please get your copy today. Most of the time when we think about moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we think about in a church service or something like that. But I want to encourage you as a parent, you need the gifts of the Holy Spirit for your children. To parent your children, you need the Holy Spirit's help. You know, in Daniel, when that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had that dream, <clears throat> and he didn't know what he dreamed, and he didn't know the interpretation, so he threatened to 
to burn, to kill, chop in pieces all the magicians and and all the soothsayers and burn down their houses to ashes. And of course, Daniel and his friends were one of those. Well, Daniel, it says he and his friends sought the Lord. And the verse says that God revealed the secret. And there are secrets that we we don't know the answers to. Problems in our families, we don't know the answers to. But the Holy Spirit is there to open up those secrets and those mysteries. He's not trying to keep us in the dark and that we continue to make mistakes with our children. He wants to get involved in bringing those answers, the exact answer that you need. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you a word of wisdom for your kids. He knows exactly what you need to know. (laughs) That's a good word, Denise. Thank you. Okay, on Monday night, we saw the Holy Spirit wants to move. Yes. Yes. Then on Tuesday night, we started looking at the different symbols of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. We saw the Holy Spirit as oil. Oil. The Holy Spirit as dew. Dew. And then we saw last night the Holy Spirit as rain. Rain. As river. And water. As water. And tonight we're going to move into the next three. Are you guys ready? ready. Okay. We're ready. Fire and a dove <coughs> has to show up somewhere. It's tonight. Okay. We're going to see the Holy Spirit <laughs> in Scripture is portrayed as fire. Fire. He's portrayed as a dove. And he is portrayed as clothing. Most mm. people would miss that one, but it's a really important one. So let's open our Bibles. Are you guys ready to go to Matthew chapter 3? And I want us to look at verse 11, what John the Baptist said about Jesus. And in Matthew 3, verse 11, Matthew writes, quoting John the Baptist, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. Fire. Everybody say fire. 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 Then when you come to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, we find the fulfillment of that. Listen to what it says. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Oh, wait a minute, guys. There we have the dew point. We saw saw that Mm -hmm. in the program on Tuesday night, that when we meet the right atmospheric conditions, the anointing, the power of God in the atmosphere will manifest suddenly. Mm -hmm. This is what we now find. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They met the right conditions. And suddenly, here it comes. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. By the way, tomorrow night, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit as wind. It's going to be really good on Friday night. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. 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 And it set upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Tonight I want to talk about the Holy Spirit as fire. But I want to begin with a question. Guys and home group, what would the world be like if there was no fire? I don't even think we can imagine a world without fire or without the ability to use fire. What would the world be like without fire, Paul? It would be, there would be no civilization. There would be no technology. There would be no cooked food. It, it would be beyond primitive because primitive includes fire. We'd be freezing in the cold weather. I have written down fire is essential to provide heat. 
It is essential to ward off predators. It is. And insects. It is essential to illuminate dark places. It is essential to facilitate cooking. Without fire, there is no light in the dark. There is no heat in winter, no cooking of meat or baking of breads, no bricks. Can't make bricks without fire. There'd be no civilization. We can't even imagine life without fire. You know, it seems so basic, but if you removed fire, we wouldn't even have engines. Mm -hmm. We couldn't even move ships. We would have no heat for our homes. Today, Fire is used to create technology to make the world a better and more comfortable place. Safer place. If you were to remove fire from the world, life would be like living on the surface of the moon. It really would. There would be no electricity, no warmth, no cooked food. Shelter, agriculture, and technology would not be able to progress because fire is essential for all of it. Fire is essential for survival, for development, and for Progress. There'd be no making of tools. There'd be nothing. And in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is likened as fire, which means if we're going to make progress, we have to have spiritual fire. If we're going to develop, we have to have fire. If we're going to have heat in the church, warmth in the church, we have to have the fire of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we'll have no civilization, no sophistication. We won't have anything if we don't have the fire of the Holy Spirit. We are totally dependent on the Spirit's fire. Isn't that amazing? But there's something else about fire. Fire purifies. Fire is essential for purification. It causes all the flaws in metal to come to the surface. You know, in the Bible, it talks over and over about us being tested. The word tested, the Greek word dokimadzo, refers to fire. And they would take metal and they would put it in fire. And the fire would bring all the impurities to the top. Mm. They'd scrape it off, but they weren't finished. They'd turn up the blaze. Then it would scrape the next level of impurities off. And they would turn it up a third time, three levels of fire. And this is where we get the old phrase, would you please stop putting me through the third degree? That's where it comes from. There were three degrees of fire, which would bring all the defects to the top. Now, they could have used the metal without all the fire. And they could have constructed something with metal that had defects. And when it got under stress, the defects would show up and the structure would collapse. But because of the fire, the impurities were removed. Can I tell a little story? Sure. What is gel? Anybody want to tell me what is gel? Gel is a Russian dish. It's 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 um, it's a plate. It's pottery, and it is very ugly before it's cooked, but it is beautiful when it comes out. Just beautiful. I, we should we should have had one. Porcelain. It's porcelain. It's, it's porcelain. White porcelain. and blue. And why is it called gel? Because it comes from the city of gel. The city of gel is not too far from the city of Moscow. Denise and I love to go to gel, and go through the factory. My sister, who is a porcelain painter, we took her there. She was amazed. But when you walk through the factory in gel. And you look at this magnificent pottery. It is so ugly before it is fired. In fact, it's gray. I don't even know how the... It looks like mud. I don't know how the it painters is, even can see to paint it because this is gray on top of gray. There's You can hardly see the lines and the delineations. 
It's just very blah. But when you put that blah looking paint on that porcelain into the fire, the fire causes all that gray to become cobalt blue and it is magnificent. Once it's been through fire, you see things that you could not have seen before the fire. And if you look through the little window into the kiln where they're cooking the porcelain, you can see all the flaws in the pieces, cracks, defects. And if you stop the fire and you pull it out of the fire, the defects remain. But if you'll let it stay in the fire, the fire will literally fire the defects right out of the piece. The defects will disappear. And here again, we have a picture of the Holy Spirit. His fire is what causes our life to become full color. His fire is what removes all the defects from our life. His fire purifies us so that we don't have hidden flaws in us that break later under pressure. <laughs> we really need the fire of the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, the Holy Spirit is likened as fire. Paul? Fire can be something that you want, and fire can be something that you don't want. And sometimes people actually try to avoid fire. Uh, we, we actually all, we all try to avoid fire, but at the same time, we try to use fire. It's, it's kind of an interesting relationship with fire. But where is the Holy Spirit in your life? Is it something that you have tried to avoid, or is it something that you have submitted to? Is it something that is active in your life, the fire of the Holy Spirit? Can you feel a sense of urgency? Can you feel that sense of purification? <clears throat> Can you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you, causing you to do something new, something you've perhaps never done before? That fire of the Holy Spirit can work inside of you. And it shows up differently in different people's lives. Some people are burning inside, but on the outside you really can't see very much. Other people, they're full of action, full of full of emotion. You can just, you just look at that person and say, he's, he's on fire for God. But it, it shows up differently in different people's lives. So don't be quick to judge people's outward appearances. Be very sensitive to what's going on in your own personal life. You know, we saw last night, the Holy Spirit's also like a river. Mm -hmm. A river can bring life, mm -hmm. but if anything tries to stand in the way of a river, a river will obliterate it. It's the same with the fire of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come with fire to power you, to purify you, to bring you everything you need. But if you have anything in your life that is standing in the way, the fire of God will burn it out of your life. It's better to surrender it. You know, fire can have two effects. It's better to surrender to the fire of the Holy Spirit than to be dealt with in a different way. But let's move on <coughs> to number two. Oh. The second symbol of the Holy Spirit we're looking at tonight is the word dove. Let's look at it. Let's go to Matthew 3, 16. Again, we read about the baptism of Jesus at the River Jordan by John. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, there we have that word lo again, it's Matthew's interjection. He's describing how this event affected him. Lo, it's amazing. Wow, is it amazing. The heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. It does not say the Holy Spirit is a dove. It says he descended like a dove. And here we have the Holy Spirit depicted like a dove. It describes the tenderness and the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very gentle. Now that's amazing. 
There's so many aspects to the Holy Spirit. He's like fire that doesn't seem very gentle. He's like a river that doesn't seem very gentle. He is like rain that doesn't seem very gentle. But now we find that there is a gentle side to the Holy Spirit where He will light upon us. He will come upon us in a very tender and in a very gentle way. The Holy Spirit is soft. He is tender. He is gentle. And when the Holy Spirit rests upon us like a dove, He abides with us. He empowers us. He energizes us. And this word dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Then we come to symbol number three that we're looking at tonight. Are you ready? Ready. Clothing. Everybody say clothing. Clothing. You say, how can clothing? I was the only one who said clothing. 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 Joel was right. Did you say clothing? Clothing. 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 All right. How does the Holy, how does the word clothing symbolize the Holy Spirit? We'll turn in your Bibles. Luke 24, verse 49. I love this verse. And Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus says, And behold, always pay attention to behold, I send the promise of my Father up on you. Tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be what? Endued with power from on high. Denise, what does your translation say? Honey, you're in the wrong book. It's Luke. You said Matthew. It's Luke 24, 49. <coughs> Sorry. Home group. Denise is looking in the wrong gospel. Can you believe it? Luke 24, verse 49. I want to hear how the New King James Version says it. All right. Luke 24, Luke 24 verse 49. 49. 49. Okay. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay, what translation do you have, Paul? <coughs> Read another translation. Oh, uh, well, let me open. I've been making notes, so it may, may take me a moment to open it. Joel, what are you reading? King James? Mine is King James Version. All right. I have, I have a note. Oh, well, I don't want your note. I want to hear a version. We'll come back to no, you in just a moment. I've got the answer. No, just hold on. Paul, give us another translation. <laughs> okay, I have endued with power from on high. All right. In duo, in you. The word in duo is, Denise, okay, let's go back to your note. To be dressed. It means to be clothed. To enter, to put on. Uh-huh. Another translation would say, until you be clothed with power from on high. It is the Greek word in duo. Listen to this. It means to be clothed, to array yourself, to clothe yourself, to put on a garment. But hey, there's something even more important. The word in duo describes a garment so comfortable that you just sink into it. You become at home in this garment. Mm. And so when Jesus said, go to the city of Jerusalem, don't leave until you be endued with power from on high, mm. in duo, until you be clothed with power, you become so comfortable in the power of God that you just sink into it and it becomes your new clothing. Mm. That's the word clothing which is used to depict the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. God's intention is not just for us to occasionally be touched by the power. God wants us to literally sink into the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like we're sitting here in our clothes tonight. And Denise, by the way, you look so pretty in that kind of a poncho. I really like it. Oh, thank you. You just look like you just kind of sunk into it. I did. I wear it quite often. Paul, you kind of look like you're just sunk into your clothes. I know I'm sunk into mine because I've worn black every night this week. 
Joel, you look so comfortable. We just kind of sunk into our clothes. You know, I have a friend. He wears a robe every day of his life. You're talking about me. And <laughs> when I see him in his robe, I just know he just sunk into it. He comfort. sunk. He sunk into the robe. Yeah. Well, they're giving you a little secret. If I'm at home, I'm in my robe because I'm writing all the time. I want to be comfortable. Write every day of my life. Is that the truth? That's true. And so I just kind of sink into it. Well, that word enduo, endued, the word clothing, means Jesus' intention is that we literally sink into the power of God. We just mm. become comfortable in it. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Amazing. Amazing. So now we've seen tonight three things. What have we seen? Number one, fire. Fire. Number two, dove. dove. Number three, clothing. 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 Mm. But when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to find out the Holy Spirit in Scripture is clearly depicted as wind. Wind. Well, Denise and I grew up in Oklahoma. Come on, Denise, let's sing it. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. It's beautiful, Rick. Thank you, Denise. You're the soloist. You're supposed to sing with me. This was supposed to be a duet. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping through the plains. All right, wind. We grew up in Oklahoma where we were surrounded by wind, storms, tornadoes. I can remember when the sky would turn eerie green. Oh, it would thrill me. I would run out the back porch and look up at the sky to see those eerie clouds hanging low, hoping that I would see a tornado. Winds just blow through Oklahoma. If you grow up in Oklahoma, you know a lot about wind. In fact, it's really funny because in Moscow, we don't have a lot of rain. I can count on one hand the times in three decades I've heard thunder. One must never see lightning, and there's almost never wind. And it's funny because if there's just a little bit of a wind, people start calling each other in Moscow. There's a hurricane. Well, first of all, hurricanes are not inland. They're at the sea. There's a hurricane. That's what they call it. And I would say to Denise, man, these people do not know what wind is. If they had grown up in Oklahoma, they'd know what wind was about. Well, according to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is like wind. And this is such a big symbol of the Holy Spirit that when we come back tomorrow night, that's the only one we're going to look at. Wow. We're going to see how is the Holy Spirit like wind? Why would the Bible liken the Holy Spirit to wind? What does wind do? Is it good? Is it bad? What are the effects of wind? And why did Jesus say... The Holy Spirit's like wind. Jesus himself taught this. He said the Holy Spirit operates just like wind. He said you can hear the sound of it, but you can't see it. It comes and goes according to the will of the wind. He said so much about the Holy Spirit as wind. And that's what we're going to see when we come back tomorrow night. Okay, so let's review. We've seen, number one, we need to let the Holy Spirit move. move. He is like oil. oil. He is like do. Do. He is like rain. 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 He's like a river. river. He's like water. water. He is like fire. Fire. Dove. Dove. He's like clothing. Clothing. And tomorrow night we're going to see the Holy Spirit is like wind. Oh, I love wind. And I love it when the wind of the Spirit begins to blow while things happen. That's really divine movement. We're out of time. 
If you need prayer, please send us your prayer request, prayer at renner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. Go to bed and sleep well tonight. The Renners are praying for you and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.